0: Our guest today is the rock star of resilience, the maestro of mental mastery, and is certified in bouncing back. She wrote the book on bouncing back. Darlene Santori, better known as Coach Star, an amazing motivational speaker, former Phoenix Suns mental health coach, and just all around amazing person. Her energy is absolutely contagious. I'm excited to have her here. What is going on, Coach Star?
1: Hold your station, is education, is relevance. The motivation through conversation is evidence. We're talking spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment.
0: Before we continue, we need your help. We'd like to reach more like-minded people just like you and share our knowledge on personal growth, health, and success. So can you do us a favor and in your podcast app, hit the subscribe button. give us a five-star review and leave us an encouraging comment. Do it right now while you listen to this episode. That will help us know you're listening and that you care and a little action will help us reach more folks. Now back to our show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Manhood Experiment. Today, we got a special treat. I have been genuinely pumped up for this conversation. Our guest today is the rock star of resilience the maestro of mental mastery, and is certified in bouncing back. She wrote the book on bouncing back, bouncing back better, bouncing back faster. Darlene Santori, better known as Coach Dar, is a licensed board certified occupational therapist, an amazing motivational speaker, former Phoenix Suns mental health coach, and just all-around amazing person, just had a recent book that she put out, the new best-selling book, The Art of Bouncing Back. Her energy is absolutely contagious. I'm excited to have her here. Darlene, what is going on, Coach star
2: Oh, man, I'm so psyched that we get to do this together. This is awesome. I've been waiting all day for this.
0: Oh, no, I've been, I've been thrilled. It's been too long since we have gotten to catch up I jumped in to listen to some of your interviews and catch up and see where you've been. And it literally brought a big smile to my face, uh, ear to ear. And I was reminded why you're you're such a special person and I'm treasured to be able to have you in my life.
2: You too, brother.
0: I know we got some fun stuff for the listeners today. You know, who doesn't love a comeback story? We got a few of those here.
2: It's like the 30 for 30. It is.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can't get enough of that stuff. And all of these untold series, I can't I can't get enough of them. So all of these. good. So I've had the privilege of knowing you for gosh about 10 years for sure which is really cool to think about and mm-hmm. I know that I've always been extremely grateful for your belief and support in anything that I've been working on. Mm-hmm. I know that we've always had a lot of stimulating conversations, you know, at mm-hmm. least on the receiving end from Ditto. From my side and mm-hmm. that's what this podcast is all about and so I'm really excited to to have you on, dive into your story and I'm excited to talk about your book. It, it's an amazing amazing Beautiful book, very well put together and I'm just genuinely thrilled for the world to have it. But uh how you doing? What's going on?
2: Oh man, it's been good. This book is I've been on this book tour. So I've been literally from our motherland, Italy, <laughs> to yeah. all over and sharing these stories of like building mental resiliency and sharing the message of, you know, people often think like I have to work on my mental skills when something happens. And I'm trying to say like, no, 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 get your mental grit and build your resiliency like now. So when it hits, you're that much stronger. And that's been like the premise of this whole book tour and, and why I wrote
0: it. I love it. I love it. I'm sure it's been a wild ride. I know just from trying to link up, you know, get our schedules in sync. <laughs> I know we have been talking about this for a few months. And yeah That's how it goes. You've been on a mission spreading. Yeah. Spreading the good word and it's exciting. And I can genuinely say from reading the book, I think it's amazing. I want to get into that before we'll touch a little bit about the story. But the book, just the way that it's put together with all the tools and the principles, how it just works, it really does come full circle. Yeah. And, and I'm excited. I think there's a lot of actionable tips that we'll be able to to leave people with. I know we've had some awesome conversations. I'm looking forward to just to putting you on the spot, asking you some questions. <laughs> You're like my own personal. I think Dr. Sharon from Ted Lasso, you know, that they had on on, on board, which that's been one of my favorite shows. I've talked about it here on the pod a handful of times. But starting out with that, I wanted to touch on something that, and I don't know if maybe it's just in my sphere or my world, but I feel like you're seeing a lot of growth around the conversation around mental health and self-awareness and something like from the show Ted Lasso, where he's not just the coach, he's like the head of emotional well-being for the whole team. And in the show, they have this really key character, Dr. Sharon, and she is mm-hmm. the therapist, the no-nonsense sports psychologist. But have you noticed that? Because before you, me getting to know you and your role as a mental skills coach, yeah, have you noticed a bigger growth in that demand for that? Yeah, Yeah.
2: For sure. I joked around just sharing with a buddy. I said, You know, I've been in this world for a long time. I started out my career helping people in traumatic brain injury. And my whole background's neuroscience and neuropsychology, like helping people overcome the most extreme odds, especially neurologically, like mindset. So then when I started my own private practice, gosh, I don't even know, maybe 15 years ago, the private practice, Jason, it was literally like I was Elon Musk telling people that there were self-driving cars because I'm like giving talks on mindset in like 2010 and you know 2008 I started 2010 I'm like really going around talking to people I'm like if you work on your mindset in business and in life and in sports like you build mental edge you're going to go further and my father's like what the hell are you doing <laughs> you're literally leaving a lucrative career to start your own business in a recession and no one's listening on mindset i'm like but they will they will because i knew with everything in me, honestly, even with the people that I helped, what they overcame, I was like, if I can help people with that and the challenge they haven't overcome, this mental skills coaching, which is what I'm trained in, this is a no-brainer for me. But the yeah. world wasn't ready for it. I was like paving the way in that sense And what I did. So now it is everywhere. I mean, I literally just said to Wyndham Clark when I saw him a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I'm so glad you talked about getting a mental skills coach. Because it helped his game. I mean, obviously, look at what happened. And he's like, you could thank me. I said, no, no, you could thank me. I'm like, I've been working on this for years. Yeah. do around. But the Golf Channel talks about it. I mean, NBA, the NFL, like everywhere you go now, mindset, mental skills, mental health. It's thankfully become just a natural part of our vocabulary. And it's been needed. Like we have yep. needed to do this. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, we're finally here. But it's taken a long damn time.
0: It's amazing. I have to commend you for that because you certainly, I think, helped pioneer and pave that way for a lot of people. And it's something that I think in the athletic world, you have characters like Tim Grover and, oh, yeah. and people that coach a lot of these big stars that played that type of role. But I felt like it was disguised as a coach of or, or a trainer of some sorts. And so people had these different types of buying, mm-hmm. But I think now people don't have nearly as much shame yeah. in seeking out that help. And I think that it's something that that people need, obviously, with everything that's going on with mental health more than ever. And it doesn't matter whether you're, you're an athlete or you're somebody just trying to find your identity, working in the corporate world or right. whatever it is. So I want to talk about a, a few things when it comes to coaching and feedback. Going back yeah. briefly, I was thinking with the Ted Lasso. This is a character who... He's this uber motivational person that lifts everybody up. It's like he's got a one-liner for everything, but he struggled himself Mm
1: -hmm. to be
0: able to really open up. And I think that I see that there's this stigma around quote-unquote therapy or working with somebody or all these vulnerabilities and all that. And so that took him a while. And I think that that was a good example that they showcased that, that it's okay to open up. How do you get that buy-in because people come to you maybe and and initially earlier on because you get right now people will refer you or they've seen you on interviews or so on but when you get somebody who is professional or whatever they are at their level like how do you get that buy-in or get people to open up and I want to say first of all you inspire me and I think it's easy and I could understand like okay yeah I trust you but when it comes from somebody else I just want to give a little context there.
2: Yeah, especially when, say like even a player refers another player and that player doesn't know me at all. So when I first meet them, you have to establish this bond and this trust real quick. And I've been doing this for so long that at the end of the day, I think it also comes from intention. Like I care so much about the people that I get to work with and I value, I know their world. So I know how hard it is. So, I just say, like, I sit there and I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, I'm here to come alongside you. There's nothing I haven't heard that you're going to like, I'm going to be like, what the? Like, no, I, I promise you. And so, I just kind of build this natural cadence with them in conversation. And we usually start talking about all of life. Like, I want to know your uh, world. Like so, then once I know your world and your life, like, we're building, honestly, a friendship. And Ted Lasso, I mean, He's everyone's friend. And that's kind of by the time someone knows you really care and you have this friendship, so to speak, then they're like, OK, now you feel more comfortable talking. Like, I don't go in and be like, tell me the problem right now. Yep. I'm like, no, let's get to know each other. So really build the rapport and then letting them know, like, this is so normal. Everything mm. that you're ever feeling or experienced, this human experience has been going on for a long time. You just probably weren't used to sharing. Now people are. And it's a safe space. And by getting it out, you're going to ultimately everyone wants to be the best. So I'll say, I promise you by getting this out, we'll get to your greatness faster. So that gets them to really understand, like, if we get this out and we deal with it, you're going to get to your greatness faster. Isn't that what you want? They're like, yeah, I'm like, all right, let's get to it.
0: I love it. I think that's perfect to be able to give away your secret sauce like some people have. Obviously, you've been working on your craft and it's an art that you've been able to to refine (laughs) over time. But I think people know that they need this guidance, they need help, they need feedback. Yet it's so rare to really get people to open up. So I like what you said right there. I think connecting it to something bigger and getting on people's level and then tying it to them reaching what they're absolutely capable of, you know. And that actually brings me to an idea I wanted to talk about. Your book dives into it a lot. Is this idea around something that I think is a superpower? I think not enough people seek it out. We know we need it. We know it helps us. I'm talking about feedback, baby. Oh, And yeah. <laughs> and feedback is something that is funny because I like to think that I am secure in my beliefs and I have this level of self-awareness. Yet, depending who I hear feedback from, it can ruffle my feathers. And that's something I'm personally working on is not allowing my feathers to be ruffled. But it's something that I think if more people were to seek it out, it would absolutely, you know, taking mm-hmm. a turn from you, it would level up their life, would raise the bar in so many different ways. But so many people have been resistant to that. So I know it's a big rant right there. So good. But your thought on feedback and like, yeah, it should be part of people's dietary. Yes. <laughs> How you're
2: talking like their nutrition and what yeah. they should be taking in their fitness. Yeah. I'm talking the same way in their mental muscles, get the feedback. So, that's why I put a whole chapter on it, which was applying and seeking feedback, because I'm trying to say, everyone has the chance to be a pro in their life, whatever it is that they're doing, they have the chance to be pro level. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that happens through doing the work and refining your craft. Well, what does the pros do really well? They seek and apply feedback 24 seven, like They're playing, they come to the bench, they're watching it on their iPad. Coaches in their ear, the players in the ear, they're getting feedback and they fix it in real time so it's not a problem later on. Mm. And what we miss in life is in a business environment, you might get a performance review one time a year, maybe quarterly, you might get a meeting with your supervisor. And then think about it in life in general, relationships. You're just going about it, but you're not really seeking feedback. So what I want people to understand is if the pros do this to be better. Why wouldn't we? Number one. Number two is it's uncomfortable and I totally, Mm -hmm. totally get it. That's the whole thing. Getting feedback, having the difficult conversation, saying to someone, what's it like living with me? What's it like Mm -hmm. working with me? How am I showing up today? If you were more willing to have those conversations from a trusted source those that really have your best interest like we're not going to twitter to ask this we're asking it from those around us but jason if people truly did this relationships would be better friendships and you build muscle so the reason the players are good at this is because it's a part of their everyday like they just know they have to do this no different than i cold plunging i love cold plunging because my body now is like, I know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And you just do it and you know how good you're going to feel. So feedback, I promise you, is like a mental muscle. When you start exposing yourself, when you put it out there, you have that hard conversation, you ask for the feedback, you become so much better. You show up better. And all that other garbage that we all fill stories with in our head goes away. Cause mm. you, you had the conversation of what you've been yep. stirring on, you know? It's so good.
0: You're right. And I think as we talk about that, it's like it's giving yourself data and exposes things. I can see how some people may fear it because then you now have exposed what you need to do and what you need to work on. And I see how that can be scary for some people in everyday life or in a relationship. Let's say you ask your spouse, how would you grade me as a significant other or a partner and how I'm showing up? And I think some people are afraid based on the effort they're putting out that it's not going to be what they want to hear. And I think that we have to take inventory. We talk a lot about that on this show is just taking Mm -hmm. inventory. And I think that it's hard to have inventory if you're not getting that feedback around you. So I want to touch on that. I know it's a big part of the book and we're going to get to that, but I had to bring that up because I saw how that ties in with athletes and everybody. And
2: it's so important. I'm so glad you brought it up.
0: And it's like a scary thing though, to think about it because it's like almost anybody will give you feedback if you ask, but maybe you don't want to feel like you want to trouble somebody or maybe, yeah, like you're scared to know it.
2: Or let me just say this, like, say you started to do this on a weekly level and even in your, your marriage or a business Mm. or with your friends and every week it'd be like one to 10. How'd I show up for you? Mm -hmm. Even if you just started there, like one to 10, how did I show up this week for you? How was it? And they'd be like, Hey, it was an eight. It was awesome. Mm. And here's the thing. Maybe when it's like, you know, it was a six, like you were distracted. I didn't feel like you were present you'd be like, okay, let me work on that. Let me, let me see. And then, because that's, that's a start into getting yourself exposed to feedback, but then you're again, muscle memory and also comfort level. You're like, all right, that's good, but let me work on it. And now it becomes active. And once we make something active, it's not scary anymore because mm. we're doing something about yep.
0: it. Yep, I like that. I also, from that, I think at the same time, kind of reverse engineering, you can take that and you can say to help, improve your relationship, be it business, be it relationships. You say, well, what would make this a 10 type of thing?
2: Exactly. I
0: think by asking that, it gives you an objective. And I think as humans, we love to have something to strive for and to achieve for, and that can add some extra sweetness into life. Well, that's good. So when it comes to feedback, though, a lot of people still are afraid to really let it all hang out or be vulnerable. So Mm. for the listeners here, what message could you give to those people that keep everything stored inside and think, I'll just figure it out mm-hmm. on my own? Because that's an obvious yeah. issue that I think a lot of people walk around like, oh, why do people care enough about me or whatever? So what would you think about yeah. the people that really hold all this in? And what's the problem with holding all this stuff in and trying to figure it out on your own?
2: Yeah. So you know what? We're not meant to do this life alone. Number mm-hmm. one, we are not meant to do it alone. And I will also say the best connections, the best relationship and the best growth or advancement comes when people start sharing more of their vulnerabilities in safe spaces Mm -hmm. so we connect through vulnerability like you and i have had so many good conversations over like a decade that brought us closer because Mm -hmm. we share fun and we share pain points too and the pain points are like you go through that yeah i go through that too and we connect through vulnerability we don't connect through just everyone sharing about like their highlight reel because that's not real life so it's like When you sit down and you realize someone else went through it, you realize you're not alone. So I'll just, I want to make that preface. Like We connect more through vulnerability than we do stating our accolades. Mm -hmm. And then the hard part is it's hard. And even for myself, I am in a role where I love serving people. So it's sometimes still hard to ask for help. But what I've realized over the years is I couldn't grow. I literally like, there was a point where I was like, Gosh, why haven't I been able to whatever it is that I wanted? And I was like, Well, dar, it's because you haven't asked for help on this. Yeah. And the moment I started saying, "Hey, I need help on this. I don't have the skill set in this, or I don't, I'm not sure strategically how to go with this," it was like people came out of the woodwork to want to help, and it made me realize what I knew: mm. people want to help more than you realize. They just don't know how. They don't know what you need. And I will say, people often think. Well, Dar doesn't need any help because, you know, she knows all this stuff. No, I I know my lane of mindset outside of that. There's a lot of things I do not know. And it's also you need someone from the outside to look in because it's hard sometimes to help yourself. So people want to help. So I want people to understand that just by voicing it, you will get people showing up.
0: I love that. I think that that's big. I can relate to that a little bit of like some people feel like, you know, whether they're Extra empathetic, or think they're yeah. empath, or just want to be that healer that they need to always be playing that role. And yes. I think it's so important to make sure that you're filling up your own cup. Yeah. And hearing that from you, I think, is very comforting to hear. I mean, this is an expert yeah. that likes to have the answer or help give people a blueprint to be able to help themselves out of yeah. setbacks that we all deal with. That, and I think that's a comforting thing for people to be able to hear.
2: And I'll just add this too: in October, my father passed, and right mm-hmm. before he passed. I got in my car and I just FaceTimed him. And he all of a sudden got this infection and started to get sick. And he was in and out of it. And I was able to play a song that on FaceTime it brought him to. And so we started having a conversation. And I knew at that moment, once he went, that was the last moment I'd hear him. And he was like saying, and I said, I love you, Dad. And he said, I love you, dar. And I knew Jason. I was like, holy cow, like. That's, I think, the last time I'm going to be able to see or hear my dad. And when I flew home, he was already we were bringing him to hospice and he was out of it. But I got in the car and I literally went on camera and I just said, I think I just had the last conversation with my father. And I start crying. And I've never done this on social media, but I was like, I'm doing this to say. I hurt just like you. And most people think like I'm fine. And yes, I bounce back faster and I'll, I'll turn this around. But there are just times where you don't have the answers. And then I taught something from that. But it was that I can't tell you how much feedback and love and support because I could have just hid that. Yeah. Then my dad passed. I never brought it up. But I use my platform to teach. And I was like, I, this is a teachable moment because mm. I've never felt this like this. But man, that power of vulnerability is so real because there's times where I'm like, I'm hurting and I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, listeners, this is Big Dreams. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Manhood Experiment. There, you'll find the latest giveaways and some very funny behind the scenes moments. Now, back to the show.
0: Yeah. I think we all feel that. And and so vulnerability, I think that I saw a lot of it in the book. You know, like I said, I've known you for a decade and there's things that I didn't know. And I'm also thinking like, gosh, I'm a bad friend. I should have known more things about you. Maybe I was talking about my own problems too much. (laughs) Let's dive in. You know, we talked a little bit about your background. I want to just talk, like, how did we get from that origin story to what led you to writing the book? I mean, yeah. I know you're a therapist. Let's talk a little bit about the work you were actually doing sure. as an occupational therapist, working with people in really mm-hmm. challenging states mm-hmm. and how that led you to where you were in the timing of the book and when it came out and why the book's timeless. But oh yeah, take it from here.
2: So I start out occupational therapy, taking care of traumatic brain injury patients. Like it was the gift of a lifetime to start there because you're helping people like you or I, car accident happens, motorcycle, like, their life has changed. Like we had the most severe patients, and my job was to help them come alongside, cognitively, physically, mentally, come back, overcome like the 30 for 30s. That was what yeah. we were trying to do, overcome the most extreme odds. Gave me the basis for the rest of my life, like literally. Mm. And ironically, you asked what made this book. Well, my life story ended up making this book because one, I help people bounce back from adversity, but at 25, here I was working on the stroke and brain injury unit. I'd gone to see a chiropractor. Freak thing happens. They manipulated my neck and they ripped the artery to my brain. Mm-hmm. And it literally I'm bleeding, but I don't know. I'm bleeding in the brain. And I was married at the time. We had just bought the book, What to Expect when mm-hmm. you're expecting we're gonna start a family. I'm Italian and I was an athlete. My ex was. I'm was like, we're gonna have this sick athlete. You think all these things in your head, yeah. you know? And as life would have it, that blood clot that tear of the artery left the blood clot in my brain. And so they told me, "Dar, we can't get to this and you could die any day." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Wait a minute. What?" I was like, "No, no, no. I help the people that go through this. Like, I don't I'm not supposed to go through this." So, fast forward, I make my way obviously through this, but it causes a lot of challenges along the way. But what happened was when I was told I could die any day, I was like, "Well, sugar, I want to go live." So, everything yeah. they kept saying like, "No, you can't do this." I was like, "Hell no." I want to change the world. I want to do this. And it just set me off on this path of like, how big and how Mm. far can I reach people, which led me on this journey, was running companies, helping businesses. And then that's why I was in the recession. Like I was like, I'm going to start my practice and I'm going to get to people and I'm going to do it in a way that I feel like is going to really help people. And that's what started it. And just as kind of luck and faith would have it, I'm out there speaking for free. Like, crazy out there. I'm so focused on mindset. And then it just started developing where people were coming CEOs, athletes and it just that's how the business started to grow. And I think I'm hitting my stride and then I have my second stroke about 6 years ago and I have to bounce back from that. It wasn't as major as the third one because then I get back and I'm hit my stride again and I'm with the Phoenix Suns and I'm traveling everywhere with them and the season ends and i have this headache like i had never had before and by the way that was at the time when i was starting to write the book but the book was called awakening greatness i wanted to write about the patterns yeah. of greatness and so i'm like traveling with the sons i'm writing all this content and then i have my third stroke and it is the worst i mean it's it takes away my speech my fine motor mm. my balance i'm like what the You know, you're kind of like in those moments in life where we've all been there. Like, you know how things are going and all of a sudden, boom, it hits. And then you get up and you go again and boom, it hits. And you're like, but no different than the players that I was just coaching where one of the guys, ACL tear. Comes Mm. back, next one, ACL tear. On the other leg, you know, this is just life. But I say that because... This book then ended up, I was giving up on writing. And then that's when my agent called. And she's like, why are you making playing God so small? Like, you're supposed to write this. I'm like, I can't even read right now. Mm. Like, what? Yeah. So sure enough, someone gives me a chance and they're like, you help people bounce back all the time. And now you're doing it in a way that is so hard. But by this point, Jason, I had already had like years of all these tools. And Mm -hmm. so it was the hardest and tough, you know, it's like being here in summer trying to recover and you can't get outside. But I had the tools. So I bounced back faster than anyone would have ever expected, even myself. But that's how this got started. And then I started putting all these principles down to paper going, oh, there is actually like a a formula that I use with people. Here's what it is. And then this is my way. Because people are like, you're literally giving away your plan. like." The secret sauce, so to speak. I was like, to me, life is about giving it away. Like, I'm going to not be here someday. So, everyone take it, use it, go create greatness with it. And that to me is what it's all about because I don't know when this runway ends.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, what an absolutely incredible story. (laughs) And I mean, that's like you said, for you to have the tools. I mean, my grandpa had a stroke and the whole left side of his body, he had yeah. to learn how to use yeah. all this other side of the body over again. Yeah. And it's devastating. And so, I mean, you can't think anything else than, I mean, this was meant to be. Totally. And you were meant to rise to the occasion and, and raise the bar yeah. to a whole new level, you know, yeah. that's, yeah. it's incredible. And um, wow. So, I mean, that is something, yeah, that's something I think about when I think about you is raising the bar, leveling up, raising the bar. <laughs> that's a term that I definitely, the first person I ever heard say that was you. Tell me, because I see that in the tone of, of kind of the narrative of yeah. how you're lifting people up. Like, what does that mean to you when you yeah. think about raising the bar? Yeah,
2: um, I'm so passionate about this because yeah. people, when they often hear me say, like, raise the bar level up. And I get people going like, Dar, I can't add another thing on. What are you talking about? And I'll say, I'm not asking you to do more. I'm asking you to do what you do really well. Yep. Like, if everyone just showed up better. If they raise the bar on their standards, their effort, their attitude, their EQ, their grittiness, their ability to like dive in and do some more personal development work. But like, if whatever we do, we just commit to hold the standard high and not drop it because it's easy or it's convenient, we're going to raise the vibration of everyone around us. And that's what I love what Michael Jordan did, Kobe did. You know the great serena williams like you're around people that their standards here you rise up to it you don't fall to it Mm -hmm. you rise up to it so you know i've been going around speaking around the world sharing this because i want people like when you walk in the room jason there is no way in hell someone's gonna have a bad day like we're around you it's like happy you're gonna be healthy your energy, like everything around you is contagious. And it's a, it's a raise the bar effect. Like people raise the bar around you because you're bringing that like we're winning when we're around you, we're totally winning in life. And so I want more people to feel that and they have that capability, but it's a mindset. So if everyone would just be intentional about that, don't do more, just do what you do really well. And then you could add to it Um. and be that person that does that for other people.
0: That gives me goosebumps because it's like you realized you had this gift because you you saw it in the world prior to maybe stroke number one, but stroke number two, stroke number three. And it would be so easy to say, oh, I'm going to take it easy because I don't know what triggered that or I'm just going to sit back and play it safe. And Mm -hmm. for you to push forward and take your ship out of the harbor and drive because you don't know time is limited and you want to get the most out of it. And you right. you keep going up on a bigger stage and a bigger stage and leveling up. And it, it, more and more people are hearing this message. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm so excited to share this message. And the book is an amazing thing, whether people have experienced a profound setback or maybe are identifying blind spots that right. maybe are setbacks that they weren't aware of. And so we talk about how you had the tools because you were familiar to using this. And these tools, which mm-hmm. you know, essentially I think are also your principles in this book are a big part of the path of of kind of that journey. We talked about your hero's journey and this is kind of the journey that I imagine you worked with Mm -hmm. in a client. So if you don't mind, you know, I'd love to take a little sneak peek into some of the Mm -hmm. chapters. I think a few of them that stood out to me more. We can take a couple minutes on, but the nine principles, I think there's a really good visual.
2: Yeah, circle.
0: I got the book here, Mm -hmm. but the circle for those of you on the video i don't know it's on page 160 here it is right here so yeah if you can imagine this visual you can explain it probably better than i can but help people that are listening yeah explain how these nine principles go together
2: so i put it in a circle because like life's not linear and what's going to happen is adversity is going to come the first chapter is like embrace the suck you have to embrace it in order to deal with it until you embrace it we cannot move from it like i said you can't reach your greatness so I get people and we walk through it. We stand by it. We embrace it. And as you start going through the process, these principles, you start to realize there's some flow with this. But say you get all the way, you're like through number like six, then something triggers you. Something sets you back. You may have to go back to principle two and understand your hardwiring mm-hmm. and understand like go back to your confidence card that I tell you about because your confidence just got knocked down. So you yep. have to go back. Get that principle Mm. and then circle around, you know, second, third, you know, to your home run, circle the bases there. So just know there's an ebb and a flow to this process and nothing is just point A to point B. Life is like spaghetti. It's all over the place. So, and that's why there's always that expression, learn to surf the waves. That is so much this, you're surfing through this. And you know how the waves take you out and then they bring you forward? I
0: was surfing those waves this morning, baby.
2: There you go. See? Yeah. So it's so much about like learning to surf this and flow and ebb and flow with it, not to be so in a fixed mindset that you're like, I've got to get from here to here and I got to turn the page and I got to move on. Let this do what it's supposed to do in your spirit and in your mind and transform you. Because when you let it do what it's supposed to, I'm telling you, when the next hit comes, you are more solid on solid ground, you're mentally more resilient, you're grittier, you understand, and you go, "Oh, I know what I need to do right now. Let me go back and remember I may have lost my job, I may have lost you yeah. know in the relationship, but darn it, my gifts and my talents didn't get taken away like I still get to bring that to the table, which means I could go find another job or I could use my talent a different way. So I give you the tools to stand back up on solid ground.
0: oh, I love it, and so If we start out, number one is embracing the suck, which I want to dive into that a little bit. And then it goes full circle into turning the page. And so you can see how we go through all these different stages. So embracing the suck, like based on what you're saying there, I could take from, I was just thinking of a couple scenarios. Let's say you're overwhelmed with so much to do. Right. Like you need to embrace that. I see how you can reframe that. Totally, It's the same thing. And then maybe you're embracing the suck that you just feel like it's monotony. You're stuck in this moment type of thing. Let's just pause on that for a moment because I think Mm -hmm. outside looking in, Mm -hmm. embracing the suck, I'd say, well, how do we jumpstart you if you're low on fuel? Because if I was overwhelmed, I can embrace the suck and be like, oh, I'm blessed that I'm overwhelmed with these opportunities, (laughs) even if they're low-hanging fruit opportunities or whatever. But if I'm low on gas and I don't know what my next step is, like how do I embrace the suck in that? And Because I think that's a moment that a lot of people went through during this mess that happened a couple years Mm -hmm. ago and so Mm -hmm. on.
2: I think sometimes like in that scenario where you're so overwhelmed, it is actually acknowledging there is way too much right now. And I'm going to have to probably cut something out. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got to pause. I've got to catch my breath. It might just be like, darn it. I just need damn sleep. Like, I've got to embrace this so overwhelming. But if I would just get sleep tonight i'd have a better mental faculty mm. to understand the next day mm-hmm. so embracing instead of adding another thing on and another thing on to make yourself more and more overwhelmed stop for a second get some clarity of thought embrace this sucks it's not working and do a mental check-in is it that i didn't get sleep is it that i committed to something i should have said no to but i said yes to because i was people pleasing yeah you know like Find out what it is and then take one action to catch your breath at that moment. Like it. Or it could just be making a phone call to someone to say, I need ten minutes. I don't need you to solve it. I just need to vent this out right now, get it out so I could breathe for a second. And then maybe you want to hear a solution to it. But sometimes just embracing it is sitting with it to identify clarity I love of it. what's next.
0: Yeah, and creating that space. So Like when I think of embracing the suck, I think that's kind of micro and cultivating grit, which is another principle Mm -hmm. is kind of macro section of like training that mind muscle. Right. And those are a couple of things that I think in reality, our generation has gotten a little soft right now. And so people are putting themselves through challenges, resistance training and cold water and saunas and all these different things. And I think that's a reminder in this that we have to train ourselves. The reason we go and we work out is to come back and be stronger and more resilient. And I think that if we can learn to charge in towards those challenging situations and we can develop that grit and that muscle and we can become stronger and I think bigger than those situations. And so I love like I, those parts really got me excited. I just reread grit by Angela Duckworth.
2: Yes. So good.
0: Because it has a big section on parenting and how we can. Yeah. Build that resilience. So I'm going to touch on a few other. I know we're limited on time, but so you got understanding who you are, seeking and applying feedback, which we talked about. I love the idea of the confidence card, and so yes. the confidence card is great because I think that when you're down and out, that's something you can call on. Like I've been through a situation before and I've risen to the occasion. These are some things that mm-hmm. are great about me. If you guys want to dive into more of that, you can. But I want to be selfish here and pick your brain on a couple other things. So. Discovering your why power. I love this. I talk about this with health, like why power is better than willpower because willpower is limited supply. Exactly. Now, I, because of reading your book, we did a topic, we covered building a mission statement. We talked about what our personal mission yeah. statement is. And this just gets me fired up that like, if we can think about what our mission statement is, that plays into our why power. Your mission statement, extremely powerful. My why is to inspire, empower, and awaken greatness in myself and others globally. Yeah. And I loved the story of a client that you worked with about the adding value thing. So yes. let's talk just quickly, I know, just a minute on yours and then the, yep. the adding value thing. Like, Tell that quick story because I mm-hmm. thought that was super inspirational.
2: So just quickly, when you write your mission statement, you think of like, what's one core value word that you want to stand on? Like we're, it's your 100th birthday and we're toasting to you. What was the theme of your lifetime? Because that's basically what your mission is going to be. It's like your anthem. If your 30 for 30 episode is being played out, I hope my anthem is dar, awakened greatness in mm. people. Like that's what I hope the 30 for 30 is. And then everything around that. So in saying that, I teach people through the exercise on how to get there in the book. And so mine is awakening greatness. Cause essentially I was like, I help people believe in themselves, achieve, the but I had to come down to the word, which was greatness. And I want people to show up as their greatest version. Cause then the world gets better if everyone's showing yep. up that way. So I'm taking this CEO through this exercise and he sits and he's like, darn, my words value. And I said, tell me more. And he's like, as we work through this, he goes, I started to realize I want to be able to encourage, implement, and add value mm-hmm. everywhere I go. So when I walk in my house and I see my wife, am I adding value to her life? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so that's good. Big. He's like, when I see my kids, did I add value to their life? When I walk into the office and lead this company, did I add value to this company today, mm-hmm. like now? He goes, Even to the point where if I'm in the Starbucks line and I'm talking to someone, did I add value to their life Mm. even in that conversation? I want people to understand this. When you live, I've done so much of this. Like people get so juiced up when this clicks for them because now you show up with an intention that is leading you every day versus Monday's Tuesday, Tuesday's Wednesday, you know, 2023's 2024. Now you have intention because you know your why. Man. Life gets better, and you understand, like, when you're in adversity, why are you doing this? This is why, yeah.
0: Oh, I love it! I think it's such an amazing reminder. I think that there's something there, whether people are going to have a little keychain or necklace or that reminder, just to be able to keep rehearsing that over their heads. But I love that whole section, yeah. so I really encourage people to get that book and dive into that section and do that little homework assignment that's in there. We got creating your bounce back environment. I think this is huge because I think too many people just <laughs> kind of leave things to chance and just deal with this is the environment that yeah. I have. And I think we have to take responsibility for that. There's a lot there. <laughs> then big time, I wanted to pause on the, the emotional intelligence thing. This EQ over IQ type of thing is a hot topic, just like mental health is. And I think yeah. I love that you broke down the building blocks mm-hmm. to emotional intelligence. And mm-hmm. we talk about learning to control our emotions, not let them control right. us, getting ourselves to neutral. So I thought that that was a really, really, really cool section. That's something we can develop too. Totally. So I think some people are born with a certain level of IQ, but I think that's one thing that I like is that we certainly can develop that with time. Have you noticed that or example, I guess, developing? Oh,
2: yeah. for sure. Like this is why I want people to understand, like you have the chance to be the pro. Mm-hmm. You have the chance to be great. And like part of it is be an emotionally intelligent person that has awareness when they walk in the room like read the room people Mm -hmm. know what energy should you be bringing Mm -hmm. at that moment how's it going know how you and your interactions and your emotions are going to play to that room to add value or not you know and emotionally neutral leaders doesn't mean that they don't feel they just know when to bring it and when not to and like a quarterback in the pocket has to stay neutral to get the play done we need to be like that in life. And you will be a trusted leader, spouse, friend, when you could start to decrease the volatility and increase Mm. the neutrality of your emotions in those big moments. And then just general awareness of who you are, how you show up, read the room.
0: Love it. All right. We got a couple more then we're going to wrap things up. So that takes us into the reframing setbacks, which you, yeah. you've seen an example with Dar, how she reframed these setbacks. And I think you as a listener, put yourself in that situation. This is your movie that you're watching. You're writing mm-hmm. the script. Maybe this is the part that things get yeah. interesting right here. You know, is this the time to be able to have your comeback, your triumphant story? Cultivating grit. Can't get enough mm-hmm. of this stuff. I think that the world would be a better place if we just had more grit, obviously, mm-hmm. with our kids that we're raising and becoming... Right the world that we're living in and then turning the page so y'all are gonna have to pick up this book and dive in there's so many actionable steps that is amazing about this and then even at the end of the book you got a little qr code that you can scan and it's a reminder of how you implement this so the book summarizes at the end all the different implementing points because you get these people you go to a course you go to tony robbins you do this you're jazzed up But it's all about implementation, putting this into a practice, things you can do do daily here. And I love that you break that down a little bit. So before we send people and break this all down, I want to see, first off, what are you, the book's obviously keeping you busy. I know you're getting busy with speaking again. Outside of speaking, what is exciting you right now? Like, What are you excited about and what are you working on? And where can people find more of Coach Star?
2: So there's about to be a lot of growth happening in the next year of impact and reach and how we'll be able to help people and give them these tools more readily. So stay on the lookout. A lot of things are growing from this. And, you know, you could find me, my website's CoachDar.com, Instagram, The coachdar, Twitter, all that stuff. So, But if you go to CoachDar.com, it has all the info on it. You could find me there and where I might be speaking or showing up, but I just am so grateful to have this time to be here with you Uh, and share these nuggets. And thanks so much for taking the time to read this and giving me the opportunity to share this with your audience.
0: Oh, absolutely. Of course, absolutely my pleasure. So one thing we do on all of our shows, we break people down with an experiment, something they can take away, put into action. I figure I'll make this easy for you. I got a few suggestions, but let me let you pick. So I was thinking either it could be something on feedback. It could be the building endurance. I love that part of grit. Mm-hmm. It could be the confidence card. You're at a national, it's a global ambassador of pay it forward. So you get to yeah. choose what do we want to leave our listeners with as an experiment they can put into action.
2: I, yeah, I actually would love, cause I know it's the most challenging for people to do the feedback. Yep. Like if you could just do weekly with whether it's work at home or with your friendship circle or even self inventory, yeah. you know, where you are. Ask yourself weekly, if you don't want to do it daily, how did I show up? So you could start by, how did I show up this week? And then say, wherever the number is, how could you do better? Or if it's at a good number, what made it great? Why did you show up so well? And if you didn't, what are the changes you can make? So ask yourself this feedback. How did I show up in this relationship? How did I show up at work? Or how did I show up for this day? if You're doing self-inventory. Mm. I would love the experiment to be for 30 days, you know, or four weeks, depending on how you're doing yeah. it, that you did this test to yourself to start leaning into getting feedback more consistently.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. It's on. Yeah. That's an assignment right here. You heard it. I'm certainly going to put that. <laughs> I like it. Even if it's the self inventory, I think my yeah. challenge is like try that in two or three different categories. So it could be relationships. It could be your health. Yes. It could be with business or work. And I think that everybody's going to get something extremely valuable from that so this time was extremely valuable i really appreciate your time i know you've been super super busy but this has been so special to catch up i've been smiling the whole time so thank you so much to all y'all tuning in i appreciate all of you and until the next time it's manhood experiment we out
1: hey what's up this is big dreams Thank you for checking out today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So, subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of... The Manhood Experiment.